This podcast is presented by the Bet Parks online casino and sportsbook app. New customers download now and get up to $1,000 in casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. See BetParks.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 in PA, New Jersey, Maryland, Michigan, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult to Today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation semi annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal too. Schedule a no obligation in home estimate now. Call 866 Nation or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey guys, Jeff Mosher from the Inside the Birds podcast, letting you know that we are moving. We are going to be by ourselves on the Apple podcast platform. So make sure you sign up right now to continue getting Inside the Birds. Go to Apple Podcasts, search Inside the Birds podcast from Adam Kaplan and Jeff Mosher, and make sure you're a subscriber. For now, we'll still be part of Go Birds Network, but we are moving soon to Apple Podcasts and standing alone by ourselves. So make sure you go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the Inside the Birds podcast. Inside the Birds is back. What's going on, everyone? Jeff Mosher and Adam Kaplan here. Adam, I am truly excited for this podcast. We are going to do something unique, something special as we um, as we sit here in the dead zone of the of the NFL season, those weeks before training camp starts. And we've talked about doing this, uh, you and I, off the air um, just a few times because we get great questions for our asked inside the bird segment that we do every week in our normal podcast, and we can't get to all of them. So we thought it would be a perfect opportunity this week, especially to do an all. Ask the Inside the Birds segment. So we put it out on Twitter, you you and I, at Adam, I'm sorry, at Kaplan NFL, I'm at Jeff Mosher NFL, and what we did was solicited as many questions as possible. We got some really, really good ones, and um, again, you know, can we get to every single question asked? Hmm. We'll, we'll try, I we'll don't do know if best. we will, yeah. but at least for this episode, we will get to as many questions as possible. And one thing I'm going to say that you and I have both observed is that and this is a little bit different for us in our careers. I think sometimes on Twitter and social media or email back in the day, even sports talk in our own sports talk careers, sometimes you get like kind of the bottom of the barrel type questions and you don't even know how to answer how them. How about a trade? It's like yeah, baseball. Let's fire yeah. this guy. Yeah, 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 no, yeah. But we, we have found that our questions, or our listener questions, have been really good questions that make us think. So uh, I think you, you've actually made that point. Uh, several times. Yeah, as a matter of fact, so what happened was like a month ago or five weeks ago, I turned to Jeff in these studios at WIP in Philly. This is where we do it, 94 WIP. And I said, Jeff, you know, why don't we just do like a, a question chill? Because the questions are so good, we can never get to all of them. All the ones that aren't time sensitive, 
Let's mm-hmm. take them. Well, now we did, and Jeff's got the questions, and we're, we're ready to roll here. All right. My, my number one job for this session is not only going to be answer these questions with you, but to not butcher the, oh, the very creative screen names that you see on Twitter. So <laughs> I will try. If I butcher your name, I very much apologize, but you know how it works with Twitter. Uh, and then before we start, I just want to remind everyone, and, and you've probably heard from our last podcast, that we are going to be standing alone soon, the Inside the Birds podcast uh, you can still hear it on the Go Birds network for now, but we are also moving out, branching out, and already we are available on Apple Podcasts and some other podcast platforms. So however you listen to podcasts, make sure you search for Inside the Birds and subscribe. Make sure you subscribe and please rate and review uh, our content. We really appreciate it. All right. So we're on Apple Pod because you've seen if you go there. Right. We love your your reviews and rate us. Reviews have been awesome. Thank yeah, we you. appreciate that. Yeah, and also on Android, like I am, I have a Pixel a Google phone, Pixel Three XL, good phone. Sure. Uh, on the biggest Android platform for podcasts, we're on there. A Castbox, and the also another big one's called Podbean. Mm-hmm. Um, I downloaded both. I tested both. They're great. They're easy to download. Easy to easy, easy Did to you listen rate to the podcast. Oh, I, you know, should I rate under a fake name? You, you no. should know. Just rate it yourself anyway. <laughs> Everybody's in the self-promotion yes. these days. I really? Think wow. Okay. Absolutely. Give us five stars, please. Except for the one guy gave us one star. Oh, you Dude, if you're going to say that, yeah, tell us why we're not good enough. That's anyway. fine. Like Bob Marley says, you know, you can't please everybody we, all the time. Right. right. We appreciate the 32 five stars. Of, we got one uh, We got one five star out of 33 reviews so far. Anyway. There you go. Um, I just butchered, by the way, the Bob Marley. That's more like you can fool some people some of the time. You can't fool all the people all, all the, the time. time. Right. But right. either nice. way, it, Very good. it still applies. All right. Let's um, get to the first question. And the first question comes from Philly Fanatic on Twitter at Funky Donkey. And Philly nice Fanatic job asks, by you. I like that. That's Funky Donkey. Yeah. He asks, or this person asks, with the likelihood that we run a lot of 12 personnel this season, which is two tight end formations, what is the importance of having a dynamic slot receiver? It sounds like Nelson Aguilar will be here this season, but do you see the team devoting many resources to that position once he leaves? Adam, this is a really good question. Something we were speaking about going into the draft when we heard the possibility that Nelson Aguilar is on the, would be on the trading block. And I think you and I still think that if there's a deal to be made, it's possible Aguilar could get traded if it's, if it's the right kind of deal the because pro- of this. Yeah, the problem is that you know, his fifth-year option is, is over $9, million. Nine it, it, million. It's very difficult to tra- for someone to want to take that salary. Agree. Not only that, then you have to make a decision because you have to give a draft compensation. Could you extend him? They're, it, it, it's complicated. It's not easy to get done here. Good football player could also play on the outside. So I think in the end, um, I think unless he has a kick-ass season, he'll probably walk. Mm-hmm. That's just a guess based on where we are here, based on the reality of the situation. Slot receivers, I wouldn't say they're they're easy to replace, but they're it's a position that you could generally find players. And the Eagles also have Braxton Miller. Greg Ward, who are two slot receivers, so they like to get a better look at in training camp. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Ward's third season with the Eagles in terms of offseason, so they want to get a better look at him. This is Braxton Miller's second, who's an interesting player, a former college quarterback who the Texans drafted to be the, a slot receiver. just never worked out for him. A couple flashes, but never was any played with any consistency and just never made it. But I think they would have to look toward the draft next year, most likely, maybe to free agency, maybe someone prize open. Mm-hmm. But in terms of his role, well... I don't think 
See, here's the thing that people don't seem to understand. Jeff and I talked about in the last podcast. We actually have talked about this before. The Eagles are right up there. If they weren't number one, they're certainly the top three of 12 personnel groupings. Yes, they do play a lot of 12 personnel. But the second tight end never really got the football very Correct. much. Correct. It's just how you're using that personnel when they're on the field, which I think someone's going to ask about later. So right now we'll just stick to the idea of Nelson Aguilar, more 12 personnel. Is the slot going to be devalued? I think... You can answer the slot wide receiver. I think the answer might be yes in a way because you know Dallas Goddard's going to get on the field. So you know they are going to play more 12 and that's going to take out the slot receiver. But in the past, the reason why I say yes, Adam, is in the past, the slot receiver on this team has been a very prominent position. Going back to Jason Avant, to Jordan Matthews, who was once this team's leading receiver in both catches and yards. You know, those were some difficult years for wide receivers, but the bottom line is he was one of the better slot receivers in the league when healthy, and he was used in Chip Kelly's system to that effect, and he had big numbers. I think now that you have two really good pass-catching tight ends, you are going to see the idea, and then maybe even going forward, where the Eagles may say, all right, well, we don't need a real first or second round pick as a slot receiver. We could just fill that hole with someone who's very a good, good player. Now, you could go empty. Mm-hmm. And put Aguilar on the field and with with twelve personnel. You could go with two tight sure. ends. You can do that, but that's five wide receivers for those. Wondering. Well, five pass catchers. Five right. pass catchers. Right. No blockers. Right. No extra blockers. None. None. <laughs> so you're going with five linemen, one quarterback, and no running back. Right. So you don't see a lot of empty. No, because um, the quarterback has no protection. He has to get rid of the ball in two right, seconds. Right. Right. So you, you, it's not something you're going to see a lot. So I think Aguilar's role is going to go down just because. Look again, Goddard's going to be on the field more, and. Deshaun Jackson could be a factor. Like where they got no production from that other receiver opposite Jeffrey, or not a lot because of the injuries to Wallace and, and Matt Collins. Now they've got depth and it lo- it's looking better. Yeah, very good. So that, that that's how we see the difference in slot receiver now as opposed to past, and obviously the increase in twelve personnel and not just twelve personnel, but pass catching tight ends not named Zach Ertz. Uh, let's move on at McGiblets Esquire asks, in previous podcasts, the conversation talked on the players in the scheme and their roles, i.e. Dallas Goddard. Can you elaborate on that process of how a coaching staff integrates a player in play packages once they have that time? So this is a really, this kind of parlays or dovetails from the first question. It's not now about just getting Dallas Goddard on the field, as you just pointed out, Adam. They're wondering, how does the coaching staff, or McGibbles is wondering, how the coaching staff now that they've had kind of an offseason to really go back and look at everything that Goddard gave them, how do they come up with ways to implement Goddard even more or better than they did in the past? Yeah, so what they do is, and Jeff was just talking about this, they look at his tape from last season. They take more of a macro view of what where he is and where the team is offensively. And it's well, let's not forget last year they're coming back from the Super Bowl victory. They didn't have much of an offseason. Because they got started after the Super Bowl, they got started very late on everything. And they also had the coordinator change. So you had to integrate what Mike Rowe wanted, although he wasn't calling the plays, but he has to, the term is filter every, all the information that comes from the position coaches. And they have to present what they think the players could do. But Goddard was a rookie, so they didn't really, they got sort of late to him. They, they didn't quite understand how to use him. As I mentioned on our show probably last November, I said it would be an all-season project for the Eagles, and you fast-forward it, that's exactly what uh, Doug Peterson said. So I think they're going through it. How could they take advantage of his length, his size, and his, his ability to block? How can they take advantage of everything that he brings to the table? And it's not just 12 personnel. It's, it's when Ertz is not on the field, 
matchup-wise, how can they take advantage of it? Now, they'll, they'll also look at the, the schematics of the defenses they're playing through their schedule. They already know the NFCs very well because they play those two teams twi- the three teams twice. But they look at everyone and how they deploy their defense. They'll also have to look at, okay, was there a scheme change here? Do they have a new defensive coordinator? It's the same coaching staff. And they'll, they'll adjust off of that. And overall, though, Jeff, they know that they need... That Dallas Goddard is a very rare player. And you know what Greg Cosell told me from NFL Films? He was on my fancy show. Mm-hmm. He thinks he's a better athlete than Ertz. I think that that's, I thought it was crazy. I think, no, but, I think it's fair. Okay. If there's one thing that you... Two things that you can say in a limited dose that you see more of out of from Goddard than Ertz, I would say, is one, the ability to block as an inline blocker. And that's not breaking news. I mean, we, we talked about that going back to week two. We knew that early, yeah. Last year, exactly. yeah. He can block. Second thing is, he's better at making yards after the catch than Zach, at least in lim- what we saw. When he catches the ball, and I'm not, sometimes that has a lot to do with your route and who's around you and the coverage. You know, Zach obviously has to catch a lot of balls in traffic, um, but Zach's ability, I'm sorry, um, Dallas's ability to catch the ball and shake a tackle. He's very strong, very physical. He's a big guy. And get yeah. upfield. A lot of his catches last year came with a lot of yards after, not catch, but contact. Yeah, you'll see him use his forearm uh, because he's a, he's a big yes. guy. So, I, and another thing, and, and Ertz actually talked about this uh, before, during like the, maybe the mandatory OTA. He said, how are you going to cover us? Because when Deshaun's on the field, mm-hmm. And you put Ertz, maybe you put Goddard. You're going to have to put a safety way back. How are you going to cover these guys? (laughs) I don't know. So it may help Zach's yards after a catch. It may. So here's what's interesting. I think to answer the question as far as how do the coaches do this, what what they have to do is say, okay, we need to get both these guys on the field, right? But also we need to capitalize on everybody's strengths for our offense so we can be a great offense. Part of Goddard's... Or the coaching staff's issue is that Goddard's gift is a little bit of his curse. If he's going to be out there with Zach Ertz, he's probably going to be in line because he is the better blocker. If they're going to run the ball, he is the guy you want in line. So they have to now figure out a way, well, how can we make Goddard into also capitalizing his pass catching? And part of me wonders if you'll see more packages this year where, you know, just a little bit, because you're not taking Zach Ertz off the field a lot, but where you get a Richard Rodgers, who's a decent blocker, and a Dallas Goddard. Well, now the defense has to think, okay, I don't know which one is per se going to be staying in the block. You can put them both in line and have them run routes. You can flex them both out. You can do that interchangeably and make the defense kind of guess. But either way, you have two guys who can both block and catch well who aren't Zach Ertz, so you don't automatically key on one. And I think that helps. I, I could tell you, um, so, so one Eagle source said to me last fall that when – I guess it, I guess it would be in practice. There were some practices where Goddard would just take over. Like he's so big, I called him the Credible Hulk. Good, by the way, really good hands, very big hands. Yeah, big hands, big body, big shoulders. And safeties can't handle him; they're too small. Right. And a, a tall corner might be to a certain degree. Who's six foot one, well, like Richard Sherman? Let's mm-hmm. say maybe. Yeah, of course, he's six three. But there aren't a lot of six three corners. Most six three corners can't flip their hips. So they're they're onto something here. Obviously. Uh, when Howie Roseman drafted him, and obviously Joe Douglas was involved in that, they saw something in this player, mm-hmm. and they didn't need a tight end. But they could, and I, we, you and I have been asked this question several times, so we'll address it quickly before we move on to the next question. They may be able to do something very special together. Ertz and Goddard, we're, I can't wait to see, and we'll see some of it in training camp, by the way, mm-hmm. once they're in pads, when, when the real football begins. Because what happens in the offseason means next to nothing in terms for the season. 
we're probably going to see something special out of these guys at some point. And the tight end coach, Justin Peel, who played in the NFL, who's done a really good job, he'll have input as well because they have to present what they think these guys can do. So so Grow and Peel and Peterson have to work on it, figure out how special those two guys could be together. One area I think they can really help quickly is the hurry-up offense. Uh, if you come out with Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard and you put them both in line with, say, a pass-catching running back like Corey Clement, you put them both in line and you look like you're going to run, well, the defense is going to come out in their base. They see two tight ends, they're going to come out with three linebackers. So what you do is you run the ball up the middle with Corey Clement or whatever stretch, whatever, you get your three or four four yards, and then all of a sudden you call everybody back to the line, and then you flex your two tight ends out. So now you've got two flex pass-catching tight ends against two, two linebackers instead of nickel or safety. Someone's getting open. And then, <laughs> to go further, you can take Corey Clement, as you mentioned, flex him out so you have your five wide, and now you're doing that against their base of three linebackers. That's going to be a, a, a And D-Jacks. D-Jacks. Oh, you yeah. could be single be on receiver. Side, Alshon wow. another. That's, wow. that's, uh, so I would look for a more hurry-up offense in that regard. All right. Next question from Matt, at Matt Debs. What's the likelihood that Josh Sweat is a legitimate contributor at defensive end this year? So I think, Matt, we have to first determine what does legitimate mean. Uh, he's going to be at no better than the fourth end, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, most likely. Look, right. look. We got Brandon Graham, we have um, Derek Barnett and Vernie Curry. Right, and Barnett's coming back from a significant injury, but mm-hmm. he seems like he's going to be on the field in, in August. I. Vinny Curry is a, at a different stage in his career than Josh Sweat is. Josh Sweat is a guy that's got tremendous upside. In fact, I would argue from based on what I've been told, he had one of the best springs of any defensive player. Correct. I mean, I wouldn't rank him top two, but he he's right up. He's up there. He did a good job. He's healthy. Um, and by the way, before he uh, before he got hurt, he was actually playing a little base, like maybe a couple plays early in the game in base. And I was like, what is this about last season? I thought it was odd. Mm-hmm. I didn't quite. I never. I, because he got hurt, I never really followed up on it. So I thought that was interesting. He's a quick twitch athlete. Curry's not. No offense to Vinny. Vern, Vinny could rush, but this kid has got unbelievable get off. And the thing that I'm told where he improved with, with his hands, his hand placement, that's important because the offensive lineman's trying to strike you. He's doing a better job with it. So I could see 10 to 15 snaps a game. Now, what can he get out of those 10 to 15 snaps? Look, he can get one or two pressures a game. That's great. Yeah, and plus those 10 to 15 snaps, if you're performing really well in them, can become more snaps because inevitably or invariably, someone's going to get hurt for a little bit. Someone could get hurt for longer than a little bit. Someone could be not playing as well for a little stretch. And if Josh Sweat is the guy that's playing better, then it gives him an opportunity to get on the field. Okay, now let's spin the sword here. With uh, Sharif Miller, with Hall, the other defensive end. Right, and Joe Osman. And, and o- Osman, they Osman. love this kid, they right? Love, love this kid. But he's, he's we'll see. Okay, yeah. let's see him do it when it matters. I feel like but, he's a little bit of a Rudy right now. Yeah, all this yeah I think it's a good way to look and, at him. Right, and, right. And, and, and he's an interesting player, though. He's yeah. very well liked by the uh, personnel staff. So, in training camp, if by third week of August they don't like what they see out of the fourth end, then this is when they may sign a veteran. Mm-hmm. Because they're going to, uh, Jeff's right. Knock on wood, you know, you hate to see players get hurt, but things happen. Plus, if they want to go with their own NASCAR package or, or their 3DN package, it's hard to run that if you don't have available bodies if someone's hurt right. or someone's not performing. So this is why I thought Chris Long would re- maybe reconsider. Probably won't, but you never know. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Or 
they're going to look at someone, I think, let, let's say third week of August if this doesn't go well. But right now, their plan is to go with these guys going forward. Right now, you're seeing the effects of what Howie Roseman and other GMs say, call the kind of the dartboard um process and that's you know gms love as many draft picks as possible because it's like having as many darts to throw and eventually one of them will hit the target right you've got sharif miller you have Deshaun hall you have this kid josh sweat you've got osman you've got four guys to compete for kind of one spot or one amount of playing time and the the, the idea is one of these guys will rise up and establish himself. And Adam, you're right. If if not, then they can still go get somebody, but they're at least going to see if one of their dartboards hits squarely first. They want to see a playoff. darts hit squarely yeah. first, right. All right, next question comes from Noah Simone-Dobin. I hope I got that right. At Noah SD11. Do you think Andre Dillard is ready to take over for Jason Peters sometime this upcoming season? Com- parentheses, assuming Peters gets hurt like he always does. Um, this is kind of a multi-layered question. I think that... There are things Dillard clearly has to to work on, right? I mean, we've talked about him needing to get stronger. He needs to become a more punishing run blocker. Um, He's a rookie, and he's going to not step into this league and play at a level that Jason Peters plays at. I'm not 100% sure, depending on the timing, Adam, if Jason Peters gets hurt week one, two, or three, and he should just come out for a little bit, I don't know that Dillard's the guy who's going in right away. I agree. Yeah, I agree. But the question is, who is taking the left tackle reps? Because right now they're giving him... Remember, they're, Big V has moved to right guard. The most left tackle reps to not Jason Peters are going to Andre Dillard. I'm curious to see if that remains the same as you get closer to the season. I do think at some point they may have to monitor what they think Dillard has done for the first few weeks, and then maybe take Big V and just get him a few left tackle reps, especially if Brooks is coming back and they think he'll be he'll be all right. So I would say, so Noah asked, do you think Andre Dillard is ready to take over sometime this season, upcoming season? Well, we're only in June, okay? They The process of Dillard to become a, a quality left tackle in the NFL is going to be a little bit harder for, for him than most because of the way he was asked to block. He was almost... In the three-point stance, maybe five percent of the time, right. <laughs> he was standing up. Yeah. That's the way that he was. That's he was in a pass set almost exclusively. Correct. So that's a problem. His core strength is not there. Correct. And his hand placement is not there. Um, but this is not surprising to me. It, it's going to take some time. Now with Peters, Noah. Here's the thing. Don't forget at this time last year, he was coming back from an ACL injury. He's not anymore. I get the even before the ACL injury for for. Probably 2016, 2017, even before he got hurt, he was leaving games early. We'd miss a couple plays, come back. Those are the things that 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 disrupt the timing of the offensive line. Because what happens is, you know, I know, my understanding and sense is that Big V was moved permanently to guard. I, they could call it cross training all they want, but yeah. I think this is a permanent decision. But Jeff was just talking about it. If they don't move Big V back, if if Peters gets hurt, I don't know what they can do. Uh, the only other thing that maybe they would do, and again, this will have to monitor how they train a guy is Jordan Maialata, who practiced at left tackle oh, all last yeah. year. And he's still playing tackle. He's just playing right tackle right now. You cringe, but like, what's the he's difference never between... never played. But, but I Andre know. Dillard has not played in the but NFL But he's never either. played football before last year. I know, but you could at least say Maialata has a year on Dillard on, yeah. on professional football practice. He also has some things he's got to clean up. So, yeah. oh boy. It's, you know what? No, I'm glad you brought this up because this is something... Like, Jeff and I, before training camp starts, we'll, we'll do one of our pre-training camp shows where... Top 10 questions, this is one of them. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for this, because this is is one of them. It's a really good question, but I think both of us agree that right now, 
it's a little shaky to say Andre Diller would step in at left tackle and be able to take over I agree. for Jason yeah. Peters. All right, uh, next question, at Fully Spectrumed. Uh, he goes by the name of Make the Guillotine Red Again, or, or he or she goes <laughs> I'm by not the sure name. what that's about. Ah, anyway. That's a weird one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, um, this is a really good question, Adam. It, it's it's a, like a philosophically good question. He's, he, and the question is, isn't a fourth-round pick easily worth more than a backup linebacker, even with the dead cap space in general, but specifically given the Eagles scheme philosophy and 2020 cap number. Now I asked him to clarify what he meant. Why he, what was he referring to? And, uh, the, the Twitter person said, well, you look at, um, LJ Fort, who they signed, right? If he doesn't make the team, it cancels out. He's one of the few free agents that they signed that cancels out one of their lost free agents. Yeah, I, I was surprised that they him. signed him before the compensatory formula ended. I, I don't understand. I, no, I, did you think he was going to be? Real, I mean, I didn't. No, no. What, did, wasn't he signed before it? Before May? No, he was signed during the first two weeks of free agency, which means yeah. he canceled out one of the guys that the, I, the Eagles. I, they like really. Hicks. They obviously liked him. Yes. Okay. He's a valuable backup player because he could play all three positions. It just surprised me that I, I don't know what they saw in this guy. I mean, he's been with like eight teams. Right. He's thirty years old. I mean, he's a nice story of perseverance. But I. Yeah, um, I guess what is the question is. I agree with it. Yeah, right. But I wouldn't right, have done it. I would have. I wouldn't have done it. It's not even just that. I think I don't. I don't think this questioner is worried about doing. He's wondering why wouldn't you just cut him unless he's amazing camp, and then just keep extra secondary players because you're using you're you're more now in your sub packages than in your base packages, right? So you're couldn't you theoretically keep normally you keep like six linebackers and I think um, eight or nine D backs depending on it is couldn't you? Almost keep now five linebackers and ten D backs because you're really using defensive backs in your nickel and dime and your big nickel and all these sub packages way more than you're l- using two and three linebacker formations. It's it's a valid argument. Yeah, I because uh... they've got a lot of numbers at second. They've got somebody at in the cor- at corner and safety who might get cut, who might be a pretty good player. Yeah, I. My but the linebackers by far the weakest position on the football team, and but they, that doesn't mean you keep just because it's. I understand, weak but they do they do really believe that Ford could help them, mm-hmm. not just on special teams. They like his positional versatility at linebacker. Sure. So you're basically saying would they should they not have signed him? Not not. It could be any line. He's bringing up Ford so, as so, an example. It could be Zach Brown. It could be anybody right, right. who just shouldn't but, be on the team. Um. Yeah, but he's also he's basically saying if if you, if we look at the whole thing here. You're right. It can't be Zach Brown because he doesn't cancel out. He doesn't conflict. count. Right. He's, they Fort signed him after only, it. Right. Fort, they surprisingly signed during the period of compensatory formula counting right. against your roster uh, for the future, for a pick next year. Um, I, again, I would not have done it, um, but I they have better information than you and I have. Mm-hmm. He better be a factor. Well, I can tell you this. He played... He earned his time last year with the Steelers. Yeah. I even looked into this with yeah. the Steelers source. It wasn't that there were injuries. Then he got in. He played well. But then he started to play over um, Bostic, the kid they drafted. They because, yeah, they, and they just thought they he was him. better. They, they just cut Bostic. So that, yeah. that's, that's two forces going on. One kid who's just not yeah. playing well, but then another case where, well, he played better. So they liked him. Yep. Uh, it's an, it'll be an interesting case, but I do think that there's something to the fact of maybe keeping more Defensive backs because that's now your main defense. You play more D backs than linebackers. Yeah, sure. And, and on a total sub note, and we'll talk about this more. Outside of Nigel Bradham, there is not one linebacker I can tell you is a lock to make this team. Isn't that <laughs> when you agree? 
when say, when you say lock, now you put it that way. Well, Zach Brown's going to make it. I mean, he's I making could, it. Is he? He's making it. He's a rundown linebacker, right? What he's if, a two down. T.J. Yeah, Williams is really good, or Joey Alfaro is really good. Are you that sure would he's be stu- that would be stunning because they, he's Zach Brown, barring a shock, will be their middle starting middle linebacker. Uh-huh. Two, okay, he's two down. And Nickel, you're going to have Bradham and somebody else. We'll mm-hmm. see who it is. I'll give him a half a lock. Okay. He's about as close as a lock to it gets. But yeah. I just wonder if other guys don't play better, especially if they're specifically run-down players. And if they think T.J. Williams can handle two downs in the NFL because he's really good. Or Paul Never Warlow. say never. Well, Warlow's right. a backup Mike, really, right. who could play strong side. There you yeah. go. All right, next next question is from uh, hashtag Logan Strong at C for Clarity. What's a successful season to you guys for Carson Wentz? A playoff win? Um do you th- do you think Carson has to win a playoff game? I don't like to put it that way. Uh, he could we lose. He what could, if he loses forty one thirty in a second exactly. round game? And you know, just <laughs> let our eyes tell us. He's improved with accuracy, which he did last year. But th- that th- you know, when you improve with accuracy, when they're giving you talent on the outside, and your downfield accuracy is great with Deshaun Jackson mm-hmm. hitting for big plays, average per pass attempt over eight with Jackson, it better be. Uh, last year's his gain, but it was it was more run after the catch. I I, I just think that playing a, playing a really good season, playing in a minimum of fifteen games and throwing for forty touchdowns plus. When I say forty, mm-hmm. folks, he was headed for that had he not gotten hurt. He had thirty three at the time that he got hurt in, in week fourteen against the Rams at seventeen. Right. So he was headed on. He was on pace for over forty touchdowns. He's doing that this year if he plays fifteen or more. Oh, uh, you just hit it on the head. For me, what defines successful season for Carson Wentz is playing. In de- late December and into January, should they make the playoffs? Now, if they don't make the playoffs because they were nine and seven, and things went bad on defense, but he had a great year, I'm fine with that as long as he played 13, 14, week fifty. You know, he gave his team a chance to win at the end of the year. Let me give an example quickly here. So let, let's look at Wentz. Let, let's look at falls in the playoffs this past season. He did not play particularly well in either playoff game. Um, bear game barely enough, but made a couple really nice throws. Saints game, just okay. But listen, if Alshon Jeffrey doesn't drop the ball, they're winning. Right. That was such a typical Nick Folesian type of game. You Look, know? <laughs> take um, some shots, come just, back. Just <laughs> well enough. Yeah. Uh, so Carson is so much more talented in every way, shape, or form. But you know, he won. Nick won a Super Bowl with him. So mm-hmm. let. But he should not be the problem. To answer your fully answer your question. It should never be about him. If he's the problem, then they've got a problem. If he plays spectacularly well, mm-hmm. they're probably going to go very deep in the playoffs. All right, more on Carson from Carl Stevenson at Idle Prof. Carson said in a previous press conference that he learned a lot from watching film last year and being patient. Do you think he'll be more aware of taking the check down and not forcing the ball deep? Good question. Something we, we've talked about. It's hard for us to specifically say, yes, he will be. I mean, because this has been something with Carson that's been a little bit of his part of his stubborn pedigree. But I think two years ago, it wasn't as much of an issue because he was doing both. Checkdowns, driving the ball well, everything was going well. I would say this. Last year, it was really odd because they were just not getting the ball past 20 yards. It was a lot of intermediate. It was what they would call it an intermediate passing game because they had no one. After Wallace got hurt, right. Matt Collins got hurt, they had no one who could run downfield. I mean, you saw when Jordan Matthews came back. I asked Jordan when I was on NFL radio earlier this year. He was talking about it. He goes, look. People could call me a slot receiver. They were using me on the outside. They were doing it out of necessity. Caught a touchdown on the outside. Yes, it gives the Tennessee. Yeah, it's Tennessee. Totally, yeah, the cornerback slipped. Okay, and but fell. look, they're not doing. They don't have to do that anymore. This right. is, Carl, 
this is going to be a deep passing game, and 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 Carson's been waiting to do this. I think he learned last year to take what was there. That that's that's why his completion percentage went up. Excellent. All right, uh, I will. And I, I listen. Car- Carson has made a lot of improvements in his game, so I do think uh, this year, I expect to see a Carson Wentz who will take the check down if it's the best play available at the time. At uh, we got DJZ seven 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 at DZ. 7777 says, some say this year's team is better than the team of the Super Bowl year, but can one honestly say that when Reich, with that when Reich and Foles is not with us, in addition to Blunt and Ajayi, which gave us a top run, top-ranked run game? So he's basically saying, can this really be uh, a better team than two years ago? I so guess not just roster and fans. coaching, roster and coaching. He may, he, and he brings it's up a, a good point, point that yeah. you know we talked about last year that mm-hmm. kind of got under-discussed going into the year and then really came we to the really forefront right on it. during yeah. the year, which is the the changeover in coaching staff, and now there is a new, you know, a new wide receivers coach. Um, my, but Mike Rowe is back; he's still the offensive coordinator. There haven't been as many rampant changes, but there are changes. Look, Reich, D. Filippo, who else? Who uh, you know? The the D line coach has changed. Right, Chris been, uh, Wilson. Is Chris gone. Wilson's out. Uh, the receivers coach is out. Uh, they have a they brought they promoted Carson Walsh as the receivers coach. Correct. It's been a lot of change here over the last two years. But I would say this to answer the question. I think they're actually potentially better at running back. But I, I would tell you this: despite Jordan Howard's weight, he is not a power back. Mm-hmm. Talking to the Bears about him, they thought he's a little bit more finesse and power. He can he can handle volume if you need him to. Mm-hmm. But if if but they don't. Here's the thing: they don't have anyone like Miles Sanders. Once Sanders gets healthy from his hamstring issue, assuming he's who they think he is, they didn't have anyone like him. Right. And, and now Corey Clement, by the way, is going to be healthy. He should be ready. Uh, you know, we talked to Corey on our our uh, show a couple months ago. He should be ready for training camp. He's very close, right? So I think potentially they'll be better at running back. It, we'll see. I, I still think that it's going to be tough to be better than what when they brought Ajayi over and the combination and, and the way Corey Clement was playing of Ajayi, Blunt, and Clement, the ABCs as we call them, huh. going to be very very difficult for me to say that this group can. Ex- they have the potential based on. You know their draft status and what they've done, mm-hmm. but I, I'm I'm kind of wait and see. But I definitely can tell you that I expect a better passing set of weapons than even. Oh yeah, oh this is incredible. You're taking yeah. Tory Smith out Correct. and you're putting Deshaun Jackson in. There's <laughs> really no question about the upgrade there. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, Jeff and I are going to do what we call a roster show. We're going to break down both sides of the football before training camp. One of our shows, so we'll be able to go over what we think, what which roster is better. Excellent. All right, next question comes from Jeff Schram at Jeff underscore Schram. What do you think the secondary looks like in 2020? You get that, Adam? Not 2019. Right. So, so okay. So Darby's up. Mills, <laughs> is, Mills is up. Right. Jones is here for a while because remember he he his uh, first year of his contract told because of the uh, being on NFI. Well, let's. Well, so well, he's going to be here for a while. He's this he will should, be year three still though for him. They've got him for five years because the uh, first no, year doesn't count. Yeah. Sydney it told. Does? Yeah, told. Yeah, I'm told. I'm told. Yeah, his for the first year. He was on NFI. He was remember because he got but he hurt. Played doesn't that change? No, no, no he but he 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 was. Uh, if you play, if you're if you're on NFI for mm-hmm. s- for a certain period of time, it, the contract holds. Okay. So he's going to have. What'll be is he'll but be restricted. Well, he here's what's going to happen. Right. But what, hang yeah. on, hang on. He's going to be restricted when he should be unrestricted. Okay. That's what I mean. So by it. Yeah. Um, they'll so have him for an additional year. So right, they so want after him, 2020, yeah. he'll be restricted. Restricted, not unrestricted. Boy, that's Correct. Odd. Yeah. 
That's really positive. Strange. Okay, yeah. that's fine. No, I, I trust yeah. you on that. It's just very. I asked uh, someone who would know. Yeah. Okay, so but well, still, even if he's restricted, they may not tender him. That's what I was saying. They may year. not. They may not so tender that, him. So sure. they really may not. So he needs to play well. I guess your corners are probably going to be. Man, I, it's it's impossible. Jones no is one of them. I would say, jo- yeah, Jones is probably going to be here. Avante Maddox will be here for sure. Um, but is Caesar a slot corner? I, I, who knows at that point? This mm-hmm. is 2020. This is a great. This is a great question. I don't know if LeBlanc will be here. Could be completely different. Russell Douglas question. will be going into the final year of his deal, so there's a shot okay. he'll be here. And at safety, who who would you even say would be here at safety? Um. Malcolm will be on his final year of his deal in 2020. I'm not sure he's going to see it, but okay. Um, assume they don't read, they touch his contract. We'll, we'll, we won't know until for training camp. Right. Uh, Rodney McLeod, it depends strictly on how he plays. Well, he remember, re, he re, re- he, did. he, so he's he a took free a pay cut. Right. Right. Yeah. He, he, so he's not definite. Yeah. They could, you know, it's a great <laughs> question. I, I had not thought about this. They could have a totally revamped secondary. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Really, should be really, really interesting. I don't even know if Craven LeBlanc be is going to make he's the gonna team have, this year. He, he right now he's going to be a backup slot. It's basically where I'm at with it, based on checking on it. That right, right now he'd be the backup slot. Wow, amazing! Um, that is certainly an area that they're going to have to look at in draft and um, bargain free agency over the next year or two. They've gone too long without drafting a safety. They know that. I've talked yeah, to them about that. Exactly. They, yeah. It's one of those things where they've wanted to, and it just it hasn't presented itself. Need more for draft picks. Reason. Well, they're going to have a lot of them. They're going to have 12 next year, right? Yeah, but again, that's potentially. Yeah. Number one. Two, they supposedly had a lot this year, and they didn't wind up having right. to trade them away. Yeah, they did make some trades. Uh, and I don't think you need 12, but if you've got a good safety that you like, nine or you've 10. got you should have nine to or trade 10. up for them, you yeah. can do that now. All right. Uh, Fine Oak Things 89, at Tremaine, I believe, is the, uh, under, is the Twitter handle. How good would Dallas Goddard be? If he was tight end one on a different team, I would say top ten or twelve. I think that's probably his upside. Mm-hmm. The, the, that's. I was thinking higher, but then I realized this is a league of great tight ends. Uh, you have Zach Ertz, you have George Kittle, you have Travis Kelsey. Those are three of the the best right there. I'm sure that there's somebody. Uh, uh, well, Gronk is retired now. Um, I would say top ten. Yeah, yeah I would say top be, 10, we'll sure. be interesting to see how Font and Hawkinson do as rookies. Where they're George at, Fant, the, I George mean, uh, uh, Noah Fant and Hawkinson, Fant, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, Hunter Henry is going to come yeah, back for the Chargers yeah, this year. Yeah, and um, I would say top ten for sure. And and I mentioned this on a previous show that there was a team that was picking the twenties, who had they not had their player, they would have taken. Uh, Got her in the first round. Right, they just took the the first guy on their, their draft board. So clearly, the league thought he was a he was a late first, early second round pick. And Eagles to this point look like they got it right. Yeah, yeah. Well, this year could be a this could be a can't huge wait year. to see their offense. Yeah. yeah, I can. I'm I'm very excited about. It. I think you and I have both have been very optimistic about Dallas Goddard since the since probably week two of last year. It's all the and possibilities with the personnel groupings and how you deploy them. Yeah, absolutely. All right, that's going to be it. We had a, a bunch of great questions, so we thank everybody, all, all the listeners, all the people who have interacted with Inside the Birds um, for their questions. We hope we got to all of them and answered them as best as possible. I suspect we will do a show like this again, not not you know next week or anything, but sometime in the future, maybe co- closer to the end of training camp when people are going to have a oh, billion Oh, God, they'll have, we might questions. have to do two shows. Yeah, we may have to do two shows based <laughs> two on that, but we'll yeah. continue to incorporate yeah. it with our weekly podcast as a, as a segment um, when we answer about two or three questions a segment. Uh, all right, that'll do it for Inside the Birds, leading podcast in Eagles Intel. Hope everyone enjoyed the inaugural Ask ITB show. Uh, check us out on the internet, on, on Twitter, by the way, at 
Kaplan NFL at Jeff Mosher NFL. That's Jeff with a G. We appreciate all the great questions. Remember to find us by ourselves now on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms. Just search for Inside the Birds and please rate, review, subscribe, all of that for us, and we appreciate it. For Adam Kaplan, I'm Jeff Mosher. Thanks for flying with us inside the birds. <laughs>